I want to take a moment to say thank you to our show sponsors, which today is Organifi. I love all of their products because, number one, they are organic. Number two, they are USDA certified organic. They're very low in sugar. They use the best superfood ingredients, and I've found a couple of products I'm absolutely in love with. Let me tell you the three that are my favorites. The first is Organifi Gold. That's what I'm drinking at night. It's like a warm cup of tea, but it kind of tastes like kind of an earthy hot chocolate. It's made out of nine different superfoods, and they are designed to help you get into deep sleep and recovery. You'll have better sleep. You'll have better REM sleep, which is really important to cleaning out those toxins in your brain and helping you to wake up and feel restored and refreshed. I drink that at night. Then during the day, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I mix two other of their powdered ingredients. One is called Organifi Pure. And for me, it just tastes a lot like my lemon ginger water. I drink Pure because of the brain impact. It has clinical research that shows that your BDNF, which is your brain-derived neurotropic factors, are increased by over 206% by drinking this. And it tastes delicious. I happen to mix that with another product they sell that's called Immunity. And I started taking that at the beginning of coronavirus. And it's designed to improve your immune system. It just gives you the antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial support internally that you need from a combination of ingredients like beta-glucans, olive leaf extract, and vegan D3. I mix those two together. I think it's delicious. Organifi is a great company all the way around. Customer service, their product development, the way they lab test their ingredients. It matters to me, and I know it matters to you too. So check them out. I'm going to spell it for you. Organifi is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Shaleen. And when you go there, they are going to give you 20% off all of their products when you use code Shaleen. So you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Shaleen. That gets you 20% off. All their products are great. My favorites, Pure and Immunity. Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining me today here on The Shaleen Show. I am really excited to do this episode. It it feels like it's a conversation between myself and some of you. I'm taking your questions specifically regarding growing your income, growing your wealth, having more opportunity. And I put this as a question to Instagram and I was just really surprised by some of the questions. Some of them are great questions. Some of them reveal a person's mindset, but sometimes we don't realize that it's our mindset that is holding us back. So let's get to it. Thanks for being here. Okay, so the first question comes from Megan. She says, what would you do if you had to start over and you were a single mom making only $4,000 a month. Well, first of all, I think you wanna be careful about saying only, right? Because that right there puts us in a particular mindset where we feel like it's not enough. But wherever you are, even if you're on food stamps, even if you are deeply in debt, you already have enough to change your circumstances. It's not about what you're earning right now, it's about your potential. And our potential is limitless when we understand we're not born with this kind of potential when we're talking about like earnings and the type of life that we want to create. Those are not things that we're born with. You're not born able to figure out how to reverse engineer a goal. You're not born 
with the skills, with a skill set that you need to become an entrepreneur. It's a skill set, which means anyone can learn it. So, so many people want like the exact blueprint. They want the exact road. They want the, okay, exactly how do I do this? How, how do I get there? They think about like a dollar amount or a certain amount of money or, or just a change in their lifestyle. And that tells me that you just yet haven't learned the process of figuring out what it is you want and then reverse engineering it. Let's just say that Megan would like to have double that. She'd like to have at, be making at least $100,000 a year. Okay, so then we have to come up with a list and be super resourceful and do the research and sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and go like, okay, so what would it take for me to make $50,000 more? What are all the options? All right, let's see. I could get a different job. I could get a higher paying job. I could get a promotion where I'm at. And, and then you, you don't discount any of those things. You just let the list come to you free form without judging your ideas, without dismissing any of them just put them all on paper so you don't slow your roll maybe it means starting a side hustle what kind of a side hustle maybe it means starting a, a business partnering with someone selling something and by selling something I mean like some other asset that you might have so I don't know all the particulars of your particular situation but each and every one of you when you think about like what it is you want you've got to really not just leave it out there floating around in the world out in the universe, you have to sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and say, what specifically do I want? When she says, where would you start? I, I can't tell you where to start because I don't know where you want to go. But I'm assuming it's you want more. But more isn't specific enough. So give it a, a number, a number that feels a little out of reach. It feels very scary. Holy cow, that would be crazy. I mean, within the realm of reality, and, and when I say reality, your reality. I know, Megan, it's within the realm of reality for you to make a million dollars in the next year. It might feel outside of the realm of reality for you. If you're like, there's no way in hell, well, then that's outside the realm of your reality right now. But what is within the realm of your reality? But also a stretch, because that's where you want to start. It needs to feel like a stretch, and it needs to feel like, okay, this would push me, this would scare me, but I really think if I... In my heart of hearts, if all the stars aligned, I could do it. Okay, next question. I'm going to summarize this one. Angela asks if she and her husband should combine their finances. They've been married less than two years, and she said, I think this is going to last forever. But both of our parents are divorced, and so there's a side of me that thinks that that's a possibility, and it certainly would make things more complicated. Also, she wants to know, if we do combine our finances, how do we decide who does what and who's responsible for what finances. First of all, I want to preface this by saying, I don't know the right thing for you to do. I can only speak to my own experience and, and I'm sharing with you my opinion because hello, it's called the Shaleen show, but I'm sure that there are others who have different opinions. And I, I you know, hopefully if you're in the pod squad or in the, uh, Patreon app, you can share your feelings if you're if they differ from mine. Again, this is just my personal experience. I okay, I also want to say this. Because she said, I think this is gonna last forever. Now listen, none of us have a crystal ball and we're dealing with humans, so you never know, right? We none of us are guaranteed anything. But to go into a marriage with that mindset tells me that I just don't think it's a healthy place to be to assume that this might not work out. 
And because of that, I want to make it less complicated should it fail, then what you're doing is making it easier to get out of the marriage. And let me tell you, there's going to be plenty of times that you're going to want to. There are plenty of times in my marriage where if we hadn't been married, if we had just like, I don't know, it was common law or it was just, we didn't have that, that legally binding document. It might've swayed me to make a different decision. I don't know. The more things you do to become a union and the more entangled you become, maybe that's not the right word, but the more enmeshed you are, the more together you are, the more you see each other as one. You're individuals, but also when you come together, you're one. I think that's a very powerful way to form a union. I think it's a very powerful mindset to have. We never saw anything as his or mine. It was ours. And that was true for our finances. It was true for our earning potential. If I was able to get, let's just say, a, you know, a, like the infomercial deal, I might have signed the documentation, but that was our deal. I might have been in the videos, but what made all of that possible is our friendship, our his support, our love, our relationship, everything. Like the way he builds me up. Like we see each other as equals, and our earning potential is ours together. You know. Brett obviously does certain things within the different businesses that we own. He obviously, when it comes to our investments, even though he runs everything by me and he discusses everything with me, ultimately he's doing all of the research. He's doing, making all the decisions. He's, well, I shouldn't say that. He's bringing all the decisions to me. He's calling the broker and making changes and obviously keeping me informed, but he's doing the work. When it comes to, say, the podcast, I'm doing the research just as he does with investing and I, I'm you know, talking to him about what it is I'm going to be producing. I'm talking to him about our show sponsors, but ultimately it's ours. Everything that we do together is for our marriage. And so even when it comes to splitting responsibilities financially, I personally, I have never understood that. I don't get it. I don't see that as bringing you closer together. So my suggestion is do things that make you feel more bonded and closer and more, they build trust. If, however, you're like, I don't know, there's already a lot of red flags and there aren't kids and you're already thinking like, I don't know if this is going to last. Well, sure, then don't complicate it. You're two years in. Then, you know, get out while the getting's good. But if it were me, when you enter marriage, I think it's, Man, there gets, I, I only know one other couple that did that. Friends of ours who are no longer married, and it was really kind of strange. She would like write him checks. He would write her checks. Like she took care of the utilities, and he took care of the car, car payments, you know, to each their own. I never understood it. Side note, they're divorced now. I'm not saying that's why they're divorced. I'm just saying like, you know, all I know is my own experience. It would not make me feel closer. It would make me feel more like we're roommates. People are weird about money. You know, but if it's just our money, there's nothing to be weird about. So I don't know. I hope that helps. Keith asks, what are some good books or podcasts to help overcome scarcity mindset? Well, Keith, I'm going to list a couple of episodes below. But remember, just type anything that you're struggling with. Type it into Google. Type it into the podcast app. You can type in scarcity and Shaleen, and it's going to pull up podcasts where I've been guests on other people's podcasts talking about this. It'll, it'll pull up episodes of the Shaleen show where we've talked about scarcity mindset. Look for the opposite of it. Look for abundance. 
Look for Money Mindset. But my favorite all-time book when it comes to, and this is an audible book, when it comes to having the right mindset is Prosperity Consciousness by Frederick Lerman. I listen to this at least once a year. It is, let me tell you how this goes. This is what was formerly a program only available on cassette. It is not available in a book form, which is such a shame. Somebody needs to transcribe this, get the rights to it, and republish it as a book, update it, because it is so good. But there are a few little like references that he makes where you're like, wait, when was this written? Like in the 80s? Yeah, I think it was. I think in like the 80s or 90s. But let me tell you, dude, it's timeless. Because a mindset around money is timeless. Which is why you see a poor mindset around money passed down from generation to generation to generation. Keith, I am sure that you learned a scarcity mindset because it was role modeled to you. But it can be changed just the way that a child who was role modeled or was raised in a home where there was violence and anger and rage or one of the parents was an alcoholic or a narcissist and and that's what was role modeled to you, but you can do differently. And it starts by educating yourself and then being around people who role model abundance. Like, it's so funny. And maybe you guys have heard me talk about this before. My husband will not listen to me, will not hang out with people he thinks are cheap. I didn't say poor. I didn't say people who aren't making enough money. I'm talking about people who are making plenty of money, but they're cheap. They don't understand that more is coming to them. So they do these crazy, ridiculous things to save money. They're cheap. They're not generous with other people. He won't spend even a a day with them, an hour. (laughs) We have a couple of friends that like will go out to dinner with them. And as soon as he realizes like, oh, these people are so cheap and the ridiculous things that they do in his mind, he's like, I don't want, it's contagious. I want to be around people who think of of abundance. I want to be around people who know more is coming and they're coming up with creative ways to make that happen and they're generous and they live with a mindset of abundance because people who penny pinch, whether you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter. That's a mindset and it is contagious. So Keith, get around people who have an abundance mindset. Immerse yourself in everything and anything regarding your mindset and abundance because it starts there. Like for anyone else who's listening, if you know, like that's your struggle, it's just, you're just like, Oh man, it's really hard to think about doing more or growing my business or or growing my wealth when, you know, we're just living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm, I'm afraid to spend $25 on a book to teach me more or any of those things. Like before you even start thinking about building a business or a side hustle or expanding your wealth, don't even bother. I'm talking to everybody now, not just Keith. Don't even bother. Because step one is you've got to start with your mindset. If you don't change your mindset, all this information will just keep coming up against a brick wall. It's like an invisible force field that won't allow any of those things to work because in your mind, you've already decided they won't. Okay? So you've got to change your mindset by listening to books, by doing the work, by changing the people that you hang out with, and by taking little baby steps. You know, don't be afraid to spend a little money to make a little money. And I, when I say a little, I mean a little. I'm talking about like buying your first book and understanding how to make your money, make money for you. Keith, I love the question. Thank you for that. I think a lot of people need to hear it. 
Jessica asks, okay, I'm interested in getting brand deals on Instagram. Do I need a separate account or am I using my personal account? So Jessica, it sounds to me like you might have missed the workshop that Brock and I did regarding brand deals. It's where are you going to be most active, right? So it could be your personal account. It could also be a, a, a new account that you set up. But where are you the most active and where do you already have the most progress? So if you have a personal account that you've built to, let's just say, 300 followers. Well, you're 300 followers ahead of starting a brand new account. So you, you can definitely use your personal account, but you want to change it into a creator account, ASAP. And it's not as simple as just like, okay, I'm going to make it a creator account and then I'm going to get some brand deals. It's a process. And we outlined it in that workshop. Oh, I know. I know what I can do. I can recommend to you the Build Your Tribe episode where we broke down how to get a brand deal. And again, it's not all of the information You're going to have to do a little bit more research, but if this is something you're hungry to learn how to do, we offer a course that's going to save you time and money, but you have to have an abundance mindset to know that when you pay an expert like myself and Brock to show you how to do this, you're going to save time and you're going to make money. You either get that or you don't. If you don't get that, well, then you're going to try to figure it out yourself, which you're entitled to do. I welcome you to do that. And I would tell you to start with our, the podcast where we did, where we kind of broke down We broke down what to do. We just don't go into as much detail on how to do it because, well, that would be like a 10-hour podcast. All right, I hope that was helpful. Next question. Rachel, sorry, your name cut off on this question, but she asks, what is our least successful stream of income? And I think by that she means, because Brett had done a uh, Instagram post where he kind of went over our, our different streams of income. I think there's more than 10 right now. And she's asking like, which one is the least successful? Which one makes the least amount of money? And her question is, and is it worth it? Well, that's a great question. You're like, it's income. So isn't all income good? No, (laughs) not the way Brett and I manage our lives. So there have been businesses or streams of income in the past that we decided were too difficult, either emotionally or from a work standpoint. Okay, so let's just say, for example, we've got a stream of income that brings in, I'm just gonna use round numbers, that brings in $1,000 a month. And then we have this other stream of income that brings in $2,000 a month. And we look at the one that's bringing in $1,000 and we're like, okay, we're spending, I don't know, let's just say 10 hours a week on that. And it's very challenging and it's stressful and we kind of you know, are always dealing with problems. And the one that brings in $2,000 a month, it, we're only spending like, four or five hours, or maybe even the same number of hours, but we're making twice as much and it's not as stressful, well, then we have to evaluate it. Now, that doesn't mean we automatically get rid of the lower stream of income. For Brett and I, we ask ourselves, and and you've heard this before, we ask ourselves, is it disrupting our peace? Right? Like, is it upsetting? Does it make us feel like we can't enjoy our lives? Are we always thinking about it? Does it always feel like like we're putting out fires and it's never going to get better? Is it way harder than it needs to be? Because if it is, then what we should do is take those 10 hours, and we've done this before, take those 10 hours where we're, you know, kind of swimming upstream and let go of that business and pour those hours into something else. We do this all the time. And the only way you can really know for sure if it's the right decision is if you're evaluating it. And Brett and I do that probably once a quarter. We evaluate how each one of our 
streams of income or brands, businesses, if you will, are performing, how much work goes into them, how much enjoyment we're getting out of it. And then we look at the ones where it's like, oh, wow, this is making us a lot more money and maybe it's a little bit easier, but we haven't been putting as much time and effort into it. And we just ask ourselves if things need to move around or if we need to look at developing a, a different stream of income. So it's it's being smart enough and taking the time, I should say. Yeah, it's taking the time. It's being disciplined. That's what it is. It's being disciplined to know you have to look at those things. You know, it's kind of like with weight loss. If you don't know what's going in and what's going out, you're just guessing, right? If it's like anything, if if you're if you're a store clerk and you've got customers coming in each day and you're taking in, you know, money, you, but you don't. But you're also having to buy a product. You, you don't know if you're profitable unless you're actually looking at the numbers and analyzing everything. So for us, it's not just looking at the numbers; it's also us evaluating things against the feeling that's so important and central to our marriage, which is peace. Lisa asks, how do I start building wealth if I have no extra money to invest? Okay, so you do that by creating additional income. So if you don't have money to invest, right? And I mean, if you really don't, because there's usually places where you can stop spending or maybe you're wasting money or you don't realize that like money is leaking because you just don't need to be doing what you're doing or there's a better rate you could be getting. Like there's ways to find additional income and Brett has done a whole podcast on that in the past. You can find it, you know, just ways to save you money and without having to start a side hustle. It's like money you don't even realize you're wasting. It's just simple things. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast. But if there truly is no room for investing, and P.S., I don't even think investing is like the when you're just getting started. Like let's say, okay, I figured out how to to, to save an, an additional $100 that I didn't need to be spending and I can use that extra $100 to invest. It's going to take a while to get ahead. That's a stream of income you can start and you should be doing that. But if you really want to get ahead, you need to start a side hustle. Gosh, I keep saying this over and over. I mean, if truly, if, listen, you don't need to start a side hustle if you're very happy with your current level of income and all of the opportunities that you have, if, if money is not an issue, if you feel like you have everything that you need and you can do all the things you want to do and just money's not an issue, you want for nothing more, okay, then you don't need a side hustle. But if you do want for more, then I want you to consider starting a side hustle. And where would I start if I had no money? Because this kind of answers a whole bunch of other questions because a lot of people were asking, what would you do if you had no money to start a side hustle? Well, that's why most people do start a side hustle because they have no money to start. When we started our side hustles, not only do we have no money, at one point we were, you know, deeply in debt. So you don't need money today to start creating additional income. I think the easiest way to do it is to start with reselling. It's so easy. You can start in your own home. You don't, you don't even need to buy anything. You can start by reselling things that are in your own home. Clothes, shoes, toys, electronics, things that are stored in the garage, things that are in the basement, things that are in the back of your closet. You have a fortune worth of things that could be resold. They're now they're not all going to sell the first week, but get them all listed. Learn how to do it. Learn how to do it. And 
that's one of the best ways to kind of get yourself started making some extra money online. Then you start making money, you start realizing like how this whole online thing works and that'll give you some experience and it gives you the opportunity to start looking around and looking at what, what might be the next thing that you do. You know, some people end up turning this into like a full-time gig. I love that so many of the people in the Marketing Impact Academy, when they join, they join and they're like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have no idea. And that's one of the first things that we teach them step by step, not just what to do, but how to become a reseller. And I don't think too many people think that they're going to do that indefinitely, but it's really nice when it can make you a couple thousand dollars or more. I mean, we've had people make $50,000 in the first year just doing reselling. Now, that's not all just from the stuff that's in their home, but they, f- they start selling all the stuff in their home and that gets really exciting. And then they're like, hey, why don't I just start buying other things or taking things from my friends and family members and selling those or buying things and flipping them like the flea market flippers? Like, it's just a great way to get yourself started and that starts to change your mindset. And then you start thinking with abundance and then you start getting confidence and that matters. Gosh, that matters so much. But here's the deal. So many of you who who want to do this, you ask this rhetorical question that you ask because because you actually don't want to know the answer because if you knew the answer, then you would have to do the thing and then taking that action means that you would have to face the fear of, of what if I fail? And here's the question. How do I do that? You say, how do I do that? How do I do that? I don't know where to start. But yet you you know about Google. You're really smart. You know how to listen to podcasts. You know how to take a pen to paper. So the real question, when you say, how do you do that? I want to ask you, why are you afraid to find out? Ooh, I should end the podcast right there. Let me repeat. Why are you afraid to do the research and find out? Because you know you're freaking smart enough. Like I've made this analogy before. If you had a loved one who had this ridiculous, crazy thing that you had to figure out, right? Like they said, you've got to figure out how to get a private jet to Alaska to save me in the next 12 hours. You know what you would do? Everything. You would research, you would call and you wouldn't stop calling. And when you ran into some kind of a obstacle, You wouldn't see it as a wall. You wouldn't see it as an invisible force field. You would see it as an obstacle. And obstacles are just there to slow people down. That's all. You go over it. You go around it. But you don't let it stop you because it would matter that much to you. You would not risk not trying. Because if you didn't try for your loved one, then you failed. You have failed. You failed them if you didn't try. When you try something and it doesn't go as you had hoped or it doesn't go perfectly, well, then it's just a lesson. It's not a failure. Failure is when we don't try. Failure is when we ask rhetorical questions because we don't really want to do the work and figure out the answer. Okay, next question. How did you build multiple streams of incomes? Do you build them one at a time or some at the same time? Okay, so this is a good question. Obviously, I think you know, common sense would tell you, yeah, you build, you build them one at a time, right? So your first stream of income, many of you already have one stream of income and that is maybe it's your job or maybe it's your business or maybe it's 
you're supported by your parents. I don't know what it is, but you're probably getting some form of income. Maybe you have government assistance. Well, that's a stream of income. It is. Okay, so then what is your next stream of income? So the way we look at that is we, for us personally, we looked at, okay, what is the next stream of income that didn't require us to have income to make that stream? So for us, that was starting other businesses, right? And then, and then once we had a little bit of surplus of income, then we started investing. And then we started looking into other forms of businesses. So, and other forms of income, like investing in real estate, investing in stocks, um, investing in annuities, investing in people, right? So that's an investment. Like eventually we started, you know, hiring the right people. So it's one at a time and you do it by becoming a student and breaking it down step by step. Remember, no one knows how to do anything until they figure out how to do it. Like no one came to Brett and I and said like, okay, we're going to show you how to do it. No, none of us are born knowing how to do any of these things. You, you figure it out and you've got to be relentless and you've got to be, you have to have an insatiable hunger and curiosity. It's about realizing you need to be a student of life and a student of the next thing you want to figure out. No one's going to like knock on your door. I didn't have parents that taught me anything that we do. I mean, yeah, they definitely role modeled good parenting and I did see my dad as an entrepreneur, but all the things that I do are very different from what he did completely. Brett's parents weren't entrepreneurs. So it's, it's about saying, huh, there's all this free information out there. There's thousands of podcasts that will teach you whatever it is you're trying to figure out. There are books, there are courses, there are coaches, there are seminars. I mean, there are coaches now who will teach you absolutely everything, whether it's how to survive a divorce, a coach that'll teach you how to, you know, to manage your own portfolio. There are coaches there will help you with money mindset. There are coaches who will help you with your business mindset. There's coaches who will teach you freaking anything you want to learn. And usually a coach is going to cost a little bit more than say a course. And a course is going to cost a little bit more than say an audio book. And an audio book costs more than a free podcast, but it's all out there and available. So why do we just keep asking these rhetorical questions? Like how, how do I go about? So thank you for asking the question. And here's your answer. The answer is just start. Start with something that feels easy and exciting for you to dig into and learn more about and then persevere. Continue learning, continue trying, continue taking your missteps and looking at them as lessons and don't give up. And then once you're like, okay, look at this, we're making income here. Then you can move on to your next thing. It's like a snowball effect. It gives you confidence. It gives you cushion. It makes you feel pride. And that propels you into your next stream of income. We've been doing this for 30 years. I hope this has been helpful. I really love it when you guys ask these kind of questions. You know, there were tons of them, but these questions that I picked tonight, today, whenever you're listening, are a synopsis of some of the most common ones. I can't tell you how many people asked. I mean, I must have had a hundred people say, how do I start a business? How do I start making money if I'm broke? How do I like so much about like money and where do I start that I, I really hope this episode helped you to think about things 
differently. But I, I definitely have a follow up episode that I'm going to do for you that hopefully will walk you through the process of reverse engineering these things because I, I know it's a skill and, and I know it's a new skill for some of you. But I promise you, if you have the ability to listen to a podcast, you have the ability to learn and adopt new skills and change your life. Hey, I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you soon. By the way, after listening to that little bit that I just recorded in the car, I realized I need to tell you that if you want to start making now with the stuff that you already have, I mean, whether it's because you've got debts to pay off or you just want a little extra money in your hand, so many people assume that you need money to make money. And again, if you're doing reselling, it's you don't need money. You have already have all of the inventory you need to get started right now. We have a side hustle challenge reseller's guide. Literally, we walk you through not just what you do, but how to do it, like how to take the photos, where to list things, what things sell the quickest, and so much more. You can get the reseller's guide and start creating money, start building your side hustle today for just $49. And you can grab your copy of the reseller's guide by clicking the link at the top of our show description. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, just do me a favor and double check and make sure that you're subscribed or following if you're actually someone who listens on the Apple podcast. And if you've got just like 30 seconds, it would really mean the world to me if you were able to leave a five-star review and tell me specifically what it is you liked about this episode. My show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do also have a business podcast that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I host that with my son, Brock. It's called Build Your Tribe. You should check it out. There's always a link in the show notes. I'm sure you know this, but on Fridays, my episodes are very casual. It's very personal. It's usually stuff with myself and my husband. If you love that kind of stuff, I want to invite you to check out my Patreon. It's all of the Shaleen Show episodes ad-free. In addition to that, for just $5 a month, you get extra episodes. And this is this is the stuff that's like kind of too personal to put on the Shaleen Show. It, it's all personal stuff. There's like no like personal development. It's just real, raw, what's going on in our lives, stuff we can't talk about on the show. However, if you are easily offended, Patreon is not for you. That's not the place to be, all right? You can learn more about it by going to patreon.com forward slash The Shaleen Show. Any of the links that I referenced in this episode will show up in the show notes, which are just below the episode. To learn more about the services that I offer and to take advantage of some of the free resources, I invite you to check out my website, which can be found at shaleen.com. 